Restaurant Unstoppable, episode 232. Are you ready for it factors, success stories, failures, and bombs of restaurant industry knowledge? Then, join Eric Cacciatore and today's incredible guest as they share what it takes to become unstoppable. If you want to create the best restaurant you possibly can, you need to become the best person you possibly can. And there's no better way to become a great person than by surrounding yourself with other great people. And today, with audiobooks, it's never been easier to get influenced by incredible minds. You can have Danny Meyer's book sitting at the table for free today by going to audibletrial.com slash unstoppable. Again, that's audibletrial.com slash unstoppable. So with excitement, allow me to introduce to you today's guest, Chef Bruce Kalman. Chef, are you feeling unstoppable today? I'm definitely feeling unstoppable today, Eric. Oh, you know, awesome. It's, uh, the restaurant business, it's definitely an exciting time to be in the restaurant business. Oh, man, there's so much going on in our industry right now. It is an exciting time for sure. So let me just give the listeners a huge aerial view of who you are, what you're all about, and then we'll uh, kick it off with your success quote and mantra. Uh, born and raised in northern New Jersey, Bruce Coleman began his career at a local pizzeria in New Jersey and later attended a small, handsome culinary program at Hudson County Community College in Jersey City, New Jersey. Chef Coleman is a James Beard-nominated rising star chef and has appeared on television shows like Food Network's Chopped, Beat Bobby Flay, Esquire's Network's Knife Fight, and Bravo's Best New Restaurant. Today, Colin is a partner in two restaurants, Union in Pasadena and Need & Co. Pasta Bar Plus Market in downtown Los Angeles. Chef, obviously, this is just a huge aerial view of the things you've accomplished, the places you worked, and what you're doing now. Can't wait to learn more about how you got to where you are. Let's get that motivational, inspirational ball rolling with a success quote or mantra. What do you have for us today? You know, I, I've been doing this for a long time, and you know, you go through stages of learning, um, uh, mostly through making a lot of mistakes. Mm-hmm. And, um, you know, fortunately, we're not saving lives. So, you know, the mistakes are, you know, easily, easily reparable. But, um, you know, I would definitely have to say that the biggest, most important lesson I've learned, you know, going from being a cook and, you know, becoming a chef to becoming, you know, a restaurant owner is that it's really a people business. And, you know, you can't do it without people. You can't do it without an incredible team. And so, you know, that's been really my focus above and beyond, um, you know, cooking great food is really to teach others how to, um, one, cook great food, and two, how to run the business, how to successfully run a restaurant and, and you know, what's important there. Absolutely. And I think that is one of the biggest lessons if none other, just that this is about people. It's about mentoring and developing other people and uh, just growing. And like you said, making mistakes, but bouncing back from those mistakes and learning from all those mistakes. Uh, awesome right. way to get this interview started. Uh, so I'm curious, I mean, looking at your LinkedIn profile, looking at your, your career, uh, you have such incredible experience and it looks like you're you know always just growing and looking for that next opportunity to improve your own skills and to take it to the next level. Is that true to say? Yeah, I mean, I'm, I've definitely always been very ambitious. Um, and, you know, the the thing about the restaurant industry, like most industries, is it's ever-evolving. And you have to stay, you know, educated on on that evolution. Mm. 
you know, I don't say educated so much on trends because I think, quite frankly, I'm not I'm not a fan of things that are trendy. Um, you know, I just kind of always I've just kind of always done what I feel is right and and what I I prefer to do and especially with when it comes to food trends, you know, trends come and go, but great food doesn't. And, you know, so I, I just always focus on cooking great food. Yeah. And, uh, I mean, your brand is so strong. Just looking at your, your restaurant websites, you're really good at just getting that, that brand across of who you are, what you're all about with uh, sustainability, <laughs> community, uh, team, developing people. Uh, I think we're going to probably going to, you know, dive deeper into that as the interview goes. But, um, I noticed that the early on in your career, you spent about a year to two years at all of your roles. Was there that intentional? Like, why were you jumping around so much? What was the purpose of getting all that experience? You know, um, for me, you know, it, it's definitely, uh, in most cases, I would say, was going in somewhere, kind of soaking it all up, learning what I could learn there, and getting to a point where, you know, in, in a restaurant, sometimes things don't evolve. They just kind of are, and, mm-hmm. um, and that works for that restaurant. And, you know, when I feel like it's time to move on is when I feel like I've learned what I can. And, you know, I feel like what I do now is a culmination of everything I've learned from all the different chefs I worked with and the different, you know, I, I would go work in a hotel and I would ensure that I would spend time in every outlet of the hotel so I could learn everything. And I worked in a hotel that had like five restaurants and banquets and a bakery and garmanger and, you know, even purchasing and I would really make it a point to to learn and soak up all that knowledge and, and become really um, versatile, you know, as a chef. Because I know people that have worked in places for 20 years, you know, at the end of the day, it's all they know. You yeah. know, they don't, they don't know, they haven't learned how to make pasta from two different chefs to see, you know, get different opinions on and philosophies, you know. And it's not a terrible thing, you know. And um, for me, I... I, I I want to make the best version of everything there is because everything's been done before when it comes to food. And I feel like it's about just making the best version of that dish. And and the only way I feel like you can do that is to have made it, you know, 10 different ways and kind of assessing what is the best way to to approach it and, and what's the best outcome. Chef, the purpose of the show is to make an example of people, to find out what they did to reach the points where they're at today and to really shine a light on that path of success. And I love that you're going where, where we've come and just the, the, you know, point out that one thing I wrote down that I just underlined a bunch of times is that you move on uh, when you've learned what you could at a place and you're always going to new places to learn new skills. And I think and you, you, you touched on it. People get stuck at restaurants and they get stuck in these roles and they stop growing and I've noticed so many times that people who just are always moving to that next role to learn something new, to expand themselves, to become a person of value. You said, you know, you become versatile, right? When you learn all those things, you, you become a person of value. And I totally see exactly. that coming out with you. And um, when you have all these skills, I mean, how has this helped you market yourself, your personal brand with finding partners and p- business opportunities? How has that helped you? Well, you know, I think, listen, like I, I'm a middle child and Growing up in Jersey, like people stay in Jersey or they move to Florida. And, you know, I have friends that have that still live there, that grew up there and have bought houses there and, you know, have families. And, you know, me, I always was traveling and working somewhere new and moving to another state and, you know, being adventurous. And, um, you know, I don't, I don't knock people for being content. Sometimes I wish I, was, I could be content, <laughs> you know, but because you feel like it's never going to end. Like when's, you know, when is enough enough? And, um, 
but I'm always striving for more. And, you know, I think that now, especially there's so many outlets in this industry that, you know, I, I came up with a cook in a time when, you know, chefs only need to know how to cook and how to, you know, sort of run a kitchen, but not know how to run a business, mm. you know, and as the economy has gone the way it's gone, it's become a very different business. And, you know, it's, it's a lot about juggling, um, you know, for me, for example, we, we, we really work with only local farms and buy as much local product as possible. And, um, that takes a lot of work, a lot of time, a lot of effort, it costs a lot of money, you know, and I'm not willing to compromise that. And so it, it makes for a lot of challenges when, when running a business because the food is also uh, labor and somewhat labor intensive, you know, and, Right now, for example, I'm, I'm really working on figuring out how to streamline my processes a bit so that it's a, it can become you know more economical. Mm. Because at the end of the day, you can have a lot of great ideas and good, great food, but if you can't keep your restaurant open, it's not worth anything. So where are you going so, to learn how to streamline these processes, and where are you learning about the significance <laughs> of having these processes in place? Um, it, you know, it's, it's about collaborating with the staff that does mm-hmm. it every day. It's about collaborating with my chef team. Um, and, you know, even talking to some other chefs that I know, um, that do it well. Mm-hmm. And, and so, you know, and, and some of it's just kind of common sense when you kind of step back and look at it. My business partner is really good at, at looking at these processes from, from, you know, from the outside in and, and asking a lot of questions like, you know, do we need to do this like this? What if we change this to this? And for me, you know, I, I've always been like, no, I'm doing it my way. I don't care. <laughs> <laughs> and now I'm more like, as long as, you know, you have to be open and you have to be willing to make adjustments and changes as long as it doesn't affect food quality. How how much is your experience of getting and working in all these different places, getting these different roles shaped you and pivoted you to see this from a new angle? Do you think that it's because of that experience that you now have this new perspective? That most definitely. Yeah. Most definitely. You know, I... I um, so I was in Chicago on and off for about 10 years and I was a chef of a restaurant and a couple guys that were regulars, they were definitely money guys that approached me and said, Hey, let's do something. We've got some money. And I decided to open a New York deli in Chicago. And this is like, in like 1999 or 2000. I think 2000 and to 2002. Five. Um, and I had no idea how to run a business, how to save money, anything like that. And I failed. I mean, I managed to keep it open for two years somehow. But, um, you know, after that, that was, a, that was a hard lesson. And so I left and I went and I worked for a big restaurant group. Uh, and I ended up staying with them for like seven years to learn about the business oh, and to learn about leadership and to learn about, um, you know, kind of the, the new school of thinking and working in restaurants. It's, you know, I'm, I come from an old school mentality you know it's like i worked in kitchens as a cook where it's like do it this way or get out of here mm-hmm. we don't we don't care you know and you can't do that now and it, it's, it's a much different time and quite honestly i prefer to inspire and motivate people than mm-hmm. to put the fear of god in them and um it's been a, it's been a transition you know it's definitely been a transition and you know sometimes you have to you know bring out the old school the old dog uh when it's necessary but you know, in regards to, you know, running a sound business model and feeling really good about, about it. You know, I feel really good about developing people and seeing people grow. And, you know, my, um, 
<clears throat> my chefs at Union, for example, they were all cooks there a while back, you know, and they, they worked their way through it and kind of emerged as leaders. And so I work with them very closely on their skill sets. And, you know, some are good with food, not good with people and vice versa. So, you know, we, we, we work closely together to um, help them improve and, and grow and become a great chef. And, and that's that more above, even above um, seeing somebody's face when they enjoy your food, that to me it really feels great. Awesome. I love it, man. Uh, let me ask you, Chef, what is your purpose? What's your why? One of the things we like to do on the show is really to get to the core of the passions, what drives us to do this kind of work, to show up every day in one of the most brutal industries that we know. So what is your, like, what is at the core of what you do? What makes you get up every morning? Um, that's a really good question. Um, no, you know, it, I, you know, I really have to say it's, it's the teams, you know, and, and feeling like I want to be, you know, my big challenge, my big thing right now that I want to do is I just want to be a great mentor to everybody, you know, and I want, um, them to, you know, right now we're in a position at union where we are uh, going to make some seasonal menu changes. And this, this time around, it's going to be a big collaboration, you know, and I feel like when you collaborate like that, the, it's, the food's almost better, you know, and because they, they have a vested interest in it. They're like, wow, you know, this is my idea. And, and, you know, and, and so it, it feels good. And, and it's also when, when one chef, when one person is, is doing it all themselves, um, you kind of, um, the food kind of, I don't want to say it becomes one note, but it's kind of the same flavor profiles, you know, and I, I've got a lot of experience in a lot of different cuisines and, um, but it, it definitely is, is, is better, you know, when you, when you collaborate with your chef team and even when, you know, Plus when they sh- earn the right to do so, so to speak. Yeah. And to, to share in those celebrations, the victories that your restaurant does get, those accolades are so much better when you know that you're celebrating with the team and it's not all on you. Yeah. Man. Like, well, I can only and imagine. The, feeling, the feeling that I have when, you know, I, I have people that just go bananas over, over the pasta dishes we have at Union that gives me that feeling, you know, where it's like, you know, it's validating that, you know, okay, I came up with some great food and, you know, to have the team cooking that food every day and making sure that it comes out, that's prepared properly. It comes out that way every time. It's great. It feels so good to me to not have to be at my restaurant for it to go well. Oh man, it must be so rewarding. I can only imagine. And uh, I mean, I I really want to find out about your if factors now, chef, the habits, traits, characteristics, things that you think most contribute to your success. If you could just narrow it down to a handful of things, what would they be? You know, I I think the hardest thing that I had to, the the toughest thing for me, because I, you know, I think all chefs are a bit of control freaks. Mm -hmm. And so the hardest thing for me was to start to, work in a way where I wasn't micromanaging my team. Mm-hmm. It was more, um, you know, working alongside my chef for a while. Give, I give them the tools to be successful via systems and training and, you know, physical tools and, um, you know, all of the connections that I have with farmers and everybody else. And then to back away and, and give them the space to do what I'm teaching them to do. Mm-hmm. It was the hardest thing for me because I was always micromanaged as much as I hated it. It's all I knew. Mm-hmm. And so, you know, it's, it's definitely, you know, you're, you're putting your reputation and your restaurant and their, and its reputation in the hands of other people. And it'll take a lot of trust 
So, you know, and would you say your ability, one of these if factors, is your ability to evolve, to grow personally, to push yourself to see that definitely you know, trying to do it all myself isn't the best way, and I do need to trust people, and I do need to delegate people, and you delegate with people, and the best way to do that is to train them and to you definitely. Know, what else do you have for? Yeah, because they they become they become better cooks, better mm-hmm. chefs for it, and you know they. I, I always one of the things I always say is you know the worst the thing that used to suck that I used to hate was when I was a cook. And a VIP would come into the restaurant and the chef would come back and kick you off the station and cook the food Ugh. himself. And I'm like, what? I'm not good enough to cook this food. All of a sudden, you know, you have me do it. Everybody How else. That make you feel like person any different. Yeah. It makes well, you feel like crap. Yeah. It, it makes you feel like, you know, you're kind of a placeholder. You're there because they need you, but they don't really trust that you can do it better. You know, does that make you and, want to work for that person? <laughs> no, not at all. And, and so I don't do that. And, you know, I make sure that food goes out. Right. But I feel like, you know, I have, if, if, if the cooks can't cook the food to the best of their ability like to the, and make the best version of it, then I haven't effectively done my job. Mm-hmm. And, you know, if the chef can't effectively run the day-to-day in, in my restaurant, then I haven't effectively done my job. Mm-hmm. You know, when things are better because I'm not there, I've effectively done my job. And I feel like that's what I've done at Union. And I honestly, you know, I, I rack my brain. I'm always thinking about these things and, you know, like, why, why would it be better with me not being there? And, you know, I think the cooks, you know, they don't want to disappoint me. Um, you know, everybody's going to be nervous when you go in, you know, when I, when I go in the restaurant, they're going to feel like, Oh, they want to, they want to do it really well. And I'm there and I'm watching them and, you know, makes them nervous. I know how that felt. Mm. And so I think when they're more at ease and they, you know, um, they, they do a better job, you know, and they're, they're more focused and, um, so that, you know, I feel like that's a huge accomplishment and, um, I mean, union is continuing to get busier and busier. And right now I'm really busy, you know, just working on, uh, the systems and everything at needing company. And, um, you know, we're doing really well there. It's just, it's a new business and it's growing and it's evolving. And, um, you know, you have to, you, you cannot be stubborn in this business. No. You know, if you're stubborn in this business, you're dead. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And, and there's a lot of stubborn people in this business, trust me. And I used to be one of them. Yeah. And, and sorry, you know, no. and you have to, you have to learn to, you know, that the world does not revolve around you because you're a chef or you're, you know, or you're the one that's making this happen. The world revolves around your staff and your team and, you know, having a sound partner, a sound partnership with, um, you know, it's, it's super important too. I mean, I have a great relationship with my partner Yeah, because, you know, one one of the things that I've noticed, one of the biggest downfalls in the, in work in running a kitchen, running a restaurant, owning a restaurant, is a lack of communication. Mm-hmm. And you know, and in life for that matter, if you're not effectively communicating. And the funny thing is, when we were first opening Union, my, me and my partner, um, you know, we were new at this together, and we used to fight like crazy. And you know, now we are, you know, it kind of like we it basically the the, the result was. We were putting it all out on the table. We were at least we were communicating and telling each other how we felt. And now we get along really well, you know. I, would, I mean, and it's been, it's been a while. I mean, it's it, it, that that happened a while ago. But you know, I feel like you know, if we didn't tell each other how we really felt and we just kind of let it let things go and you know, and didn't effectively communicate, 
how would things be different right now? Chef, I really want to dive into that relationship with your partner. I think I know exactly when I'm going to ask about that. But for now, <laughs> I just want to summarize. I've been typing like a madman, taking notes on the, the it factors, the things you're sharing. And I think first and foremost, that ability to learn, to always be sharpening the, the sword or the saw, whatever you want to call it, to yeah. evolve and to see how you can do things better. And because of that, you've been able to develop trust. You've been able to develop the skills to train your team so that you can delegate these responsibilities and, then, and that they and then just to, to manage people and to create that rapport and trust among people allows you to, to be able to trust them. They, they want to keep that mutual respect going. And then you just have that others mentality, which is so crucial that it's not about me. It's not about my success. It's about our success. We is greater exactly. than me. And I totally see that and hear that coming out of you. Um, and I mean, is there anything else you want to add to that, Chef? I mean, you know, it's, it, I think one of the things is, you know, in regards to evolution, you know, is for me, like I, you know, I went into union with the, with the intention that I've got to do everything myself and I've got to handle everything and I've got to figure everything out. And, you know, it, it's evolved into, you know, I, my, my partner and I are very yin and yang and, and we, um, you know, we, we understand each other's strengths and weaknesses and we work together that way and we help and teach each other almost, um, you know, like for me, I'm going through a phase right now, uh, where I'm trying to work really hard to kind of let her in more into the kitchen to help manage the cost and do that kind of stuff. And I back away more as, you know, the, the leader, mentor, creative director kind of role. And, you know, because I, I feel this, this need to, to have my arms wrapped around all of it, you know, and, you know, it's, it's kind of like a football team. Like the coach doesn't run on the field, no matter how bad the team is losing, the coach can't run on the field and fix the game and play, you know, and play. And, and at the same token, like, you know, every, this, everybody has a spot on the team and for them to, to win and be successful, they have to be able to, you know, one, he's able to throw the ball and somebody else needs to be able to catch it. Mm-hmm. And, um, you know, and I think that's that's where her and I have our, our relationship has evolved and developed, and it continues to. And I think, you know, we allow that to happen. Yeah. And, and I think that's why we're successful in growing, and we're working on another project, a third a third restaurant right now. And you know, we can't do that if Union isn't running amazing, and if Needing Company isn't running amazing, mm-hmm. and that we have the teams in place that can do it. Absolutely, and um. I'm curious, Chef, would you say that when you looked at your partner, when you're trying to find a partner, uh, Marie, correct? Correct. Uh, were you trying to find somebody who was weak or strong where you were weak? And I mean, would you say that your strengths are in back of house with the culinary side? Is she more front of house business orientated? Is that the, the yin and the yang? Yeah, she's more like director of operations. She handles, you know, everything from the financial side of things and accounting. And um, even, you know, when we're doing the, when we're working on a new project, you know, we conceptualize together. She handles, you know, writing business plans and, and she's, she's really amazing and really, what? um, what was it? Really, really, vers- she's really versatile. She can do everything from on the floor to manage the accounting, to do everything from A to Z to open a new restaurant, you know, in dealing with the city and it's the contractor and all that, you know, it's pretty, pretty awesome. So how did you know? Like, I mean, I feel like one of the, the things that can get you in this industry is partnering with the wrong person and jumping. Uh, about it. Yeah. So <laughs> how, how did you know she was the right person? What was it about the relationship? I mean, we, we were kind of, we were kind of put together like a boy band and <laughs> we're, I mean, unintentionally, like we, you know, um, we both were called actually about this project to consult 
mm-hmm. she was on it a year before I was. Okay. Um, which is what the union became union. And right. um, initially it was going to be a sushi restaurant. And then when I was called about it, it was going to be an oyster bar. And I said, if you want me to do this, then the hell with that. We're going to do this. So, and, and we're going to be partners. Was and, it and just so, a, a mutual so respect? Happened. Like, did you get your core values out? Like, what was it like that you knew was going to make this a good relationship aside from the yin and the yang? But like, I mean, how did you know I your values were aligned? I didn't. Hmm. You know, it, it's like you don't know. Mm-hmm. It, you, and that's where it's important to see what people are made of. And, you know, I, I think, and I've had business relationships with people that are really shady. It turned out to be really shady anyway. Mm-hmm. And, you know, so I think through learning those lessons, I, I vet people a lot tougher. And, you know, it's like, you want to be a part of this, then, you know, I, I need to know that I can trust you, mm-hmm. basically, on all levels, mm-hmm. you know. And, and the same, we have that same process and relationship with our investors, with our landlords, you know. Um, so how do you I know that that trust is there? Do you get it all out? Like, are you just, is it transparency? <laughs> is it uh, like genuine? Very trans. Okay. You have to be transparent. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I mean, you have to be very transparent and you have to be very, you know, just brutally honest with people mm-hmm. and, and not, you know, you, you gotta, you gotta kind of put yourself out there and show people what you're made of. And, um, you know, for me, you know, I don't like test people. I just kind of watch and I see what they do. And, you know, um, but, you know, with, again, going back to Marie and I and, and how we started our, our partnership and friendship, you know, we, we were as honest <laughs> as two people could be mm-hmm. and not, you know, and some people were like, Oh my God, they hate each other. And it's like, no, we're just, we're communicating, you know, and now we don't, we don't need to, we don't do that. You know, we don't get frustrated because now we know each other, we understand each other and we, we know how we work together. And most importantly, we're both very honest, trustworthy people mm. that are no, we don't, you know, it's kind of like no BS and, and no games and no, I've, I've, trust me, I've worked for some amazingly talented and brilliant people that play corporate games. Mm-hmm. And you just, you know, they, they call somebody out to ask what you're doing and, you know, like that kind of crap. Yeah. It's just, there's no time or need for that in my opinion. Absolutely. And it doesn't, it doesn't create, you know, this like circle of the circle of trust, you know? Yeah. And, and you know, it's, it, I don't know. I mean, it, there's, there's so much to it. I just, it's hard to kind of <laughs> summarize it all, but you know, at the end oh, of the man, day, picking it's up like, what you're putting down, dude. it's like finding your, finding your soulmate, you know? Yeah. Way, you know? Well, it, it's like, it, it's like a marriage. I mean, it has to be somebody who's your soulmate because you're going to lean on each other so much to make it work. Yeah. You have to be on the same page. You have to be transparent and just transparency builds trust. And I threw down as one of the you know additional if factors is your ability to find a, a good countering partner uh, and to, to being just brutally honest with that person and your ability to be, yeah. have that relationship of honesty. And, um, we can learn a ton from these if factors, these these successes, but I really do think that we we learn the most from our failures and to you know know what doesn't work and to bounce back and to learn that lesson to be better the next time out. So I really want to dive into this failure you had, Chef. Uh, take us through this time where, where you opened your first restaurant in two thousand, uh, and what was it like that really made you fail in your opinion? Like, if there's one thing you could contribute that failure to, what would it be? Um, it would be my my lack of understanding of how to run a business. Um, be more specific. Like, what weren't you doing right? I wasn't managing my money properly. Mm-hmm. I wasn't, you know, um, I was just, I, I was, in a way, now that I look back on it, I was kind of flying blind. Mm. I wasn't really paying attention to, to, you know, money coming in and money going out. Mm-hmm. And, you know, I, I, 
I, I, I got in business with these guys that had this money and provided me no other support and not blaming it on them. However, you know, I did talk to them about that when we were getting into business and said, you know, Hey, like, I don't know how to do these things. And they're like, Oh, we'll help you. We'll help you. And I got no help. So I kind of had to figure something, a lot of things out. I mean, I didn't even know what a P and L statement was, mm. you know, or how to read it or understand it quite honestly at the time. And, you know, it's, I look back now and I mean, if I had opened that business with what I know now, I'd probably still be in business. I mean, you also said that, you but, were trying to do it all yourself. I mean, what dive into yeah. what you mean by doing it all yourself. What did you mean by that? Well, I mean, down to like me and my friends built it out, <laughs> you know, and, um, which was, it's all a great experience, you know? Um, but I mean, I, I could name a hundred things that I did wrong. I had too many things going on. I was trying to do too much food, too many different ideas and trying to please everybody and too much staff. I mean, there, there's so many things that I can tell you. I mean, did I you have wrong. a clear vision of what you wanted to be and who you were? Do you, was that established? Yeah, I mean, it, it was a New York deli. Okay. And New York delis have a lot of stuff, mm, <laughs> you yeah. know? Um, and, I mean, I was bringing it, I was flying ba- uh, bagels from New York and and uh, finishing baking them in my place, which, you know, there was a lot of great things going on and people were blown away by what we were doing. It's not, you know, and that's a pretty good example to show that, you know, it's not just about like the food you put out, you know, it's not, it, 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 the great food is great, but if you can't run a business, then there's no reason to even cook. Now, what was the culture you know, like I mean, there with your people? Were you enabling them and providing them with the... No, the not at all. Okay. Not at all. <laughs> I mean, you know, I was, I was running around, I was, it was stressful, I was a maniac. I mean, it, you know, it was so many, so many things that that led to the demise and um what were you, you know, like it, like physically and emotionally how was your state um not great mm. Do you, think- you know and oddly enough at that time was when i had just met my uh now wife mm-hmm. and you know so that i had that going for me i mean do you but, think that um, that war on you did, like not being you know emotionally and physically in a good place did that wear on the, the business most definitely. Mm-hmm. I mean, it definitely did. Um, you know, again, it's not that we were not busy. Um, it was that, uh, and you know, it's a really good example to show, like, when you see a restaurant, you're like, how did they go out of business? They were busy all the time. Mm-hmm. And, you know, you do that when you have no understanding of how to manage uh, the finances and manage the business yeah. out of a restaurant. Awesome. Well, thanks for diving yeah. into that more. Uh, this has been a great interview so far. We're going to take a quick break to thank our sponsor. We'll be right back. I think it's pretty safe to say that there's one major lesson I've learned from conducting all these interviews with all these successful people is one of the things that makes them successful is they're constantly learning. They're constantly surrounding themselves with people who are smarter than they are. And the best way to do that is through reading books. Head over to audibletrial.com slash unstoppable to get your free audio book today. There's no excuse to, to surround yourself with incredible minds. It's never been easier. Again, audibletrial.com slash unstoppable. So we're back. And the first question I have for you in the second half, this knowledge bomb session, is you're just going to blow us away with a piece of advice on how to get that initial capital, how to get the funding to open that dream restaurant. What did you do? Um, I mean, Union was... So fortunately for us, Union was already funded and needed... Uh, uh, managing partners, basically. And so we built that and we secured union um, 
And it was the first year was rough. Um, finding a, you know a chef to run your business is not the easiest thing in the world. Um, and you know, as I said earlier, it came to be that now that my chef team there were cooks there, so I trust them. They understand me. You know, I think the biggest thing that's important in that kind of relationship is that they understand your philosophy and understand, you know, how you would uh, do things, basically. You know, and so which is which is a hard thing to really get across to people. How did you and do it? It's, it's a lot of time, man. Just, it's just working alongside of them and, and going over, you know, and I think eventually the right people kind of catch mm-hmm. on and they see the patterns. And, you know, it's kind of like if I showed, if I taught you how to make my pork ragu, you would understand everything about me mm-hmm. when it comes to food and <clears throat> my philosophy and how I get the flavors I do and how, you know, I put food together. <laughs> and then, um, so so what, totally you, what your question was. No, so what you <laughs> take, so, no, it's cool. The question was like, how do you get the initial uh, capital and get oh, that capital, initial funding? Yeah. And it seems so, like what you did is you or you just bought into or you joined uh, a concept that was already in the process of being made and you kind of partnered. Exactly. And, and then I, I kind of derailed what was the original concept and turned it into what it is now. And um, so, you know, the, for, the fortunate thing now is that we had a showcase to bring people to raise money for the next place. So what was so we it? Would break, Sorry, go ahead. No, I was going to say, like, we we were able to get some financing through uh, some of our regular guests at Union. Um, and then other people, we, you know, we would have them come in and meet us at Union and kind of, you know, it, it's different when you can show them what you're capable of. Um, and you get that, emo- you know, we're, for us, it's important that our, our uh, financiers are not, you know, all a bunch of just like pencil pushing number yep. crunchers that just care about that. And, you know, they have to be emotionally invested in us and what we do um, because this is the restaurant business. It's not a, you know, a hedge fund. And, and so, <laughs> you know, to get that, that right individual, you know, we, we vet our, our investors and we turn some investors down that want to give us money because it wouldn't be the right relationship. I mean, for us. yeah, and, you, you know, we're, you we're already... looking to build, you know, we're looking to build, a, a great thing and in order to do that you need the right people around yeah and it's, you know that includes your investors that includes your landlords and it sounds that, um it sounds like you made that mistake once in your career by chasing the money and by not making more sure that one. yeah and i mean that's a huge lesson to learn that's one lesson i love that when it comes up because that's such a huge you know obstacle you can dodge just by hearing the stories of other people and really making sure like yeah. you do the things you say like get the financing through like the guests that are invested emotionally to what you're doing and and take that time to really you know uncover the whys and the the reasons why uh you would want to invest yeah. in you no exactly and you know I, I think what ends up happening is is that they you know people are now investing in marie and i mm. you know and, and kind of like whatever we're going to because they see what we do, they see what we what we can do, and um, you know they know that we are about building sustainable business models, and which is really hard to do these days, especially in California. Chef, and cor- correct me if I'm wrong, but it sounds like this listening to you that you were more focused on developing your personal brand and not necessarily an idea or a concept. You were a, creating opportunities for yourself by creating this track record and becoming a person of value, a versatile person that could offer something to a greater cause. Is, is that true? Exactly. Okay. Yeah, no, it's very true. You know, we, we are, you know, part of our mantra. We're, we're a lot about giving back. Um, 
And, you know, we do a lot of charity work and a lot of events. I do a lot of work with Hungary. Um, and, you know, we, we get back to our staff, you know, we get back to our community. Um, and we feel like that's really important. You know, we're not, you don't get in the restaurant business to become a millionaire. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and, um, you know, if it happens, great. Yeah. But, you know, that's not, it's definitely not why we do this because it's a passion. And, you know, I would prefer to do this over sitting in an office all day long. Absolutely. And, and so, you know, and it's such an incredible opportunity to really touch people's lives and, and whether it be, you know, a staff member that, you know, you've been mentoring for a year and they just become a totally, you know, they, their whole situation, their life changes because their outlook on life changes. Um, as well as, you know, um, people that come to your restaurant that just, you know, they eat your food and it brings them back to their childhood and, and mm. you know, invokes great memories and, you know, it, that, that kind of, that's what I live for. Awesome. So chef, you put a lot of, uh, you put a lot of uh, emphasis on the importance of your people and uh, d- getting the right people in, in developing people, inspiring. Now you, you inspire, you motivate, you trust, you develop. Let's talk about the, the significance of doing all these things uh, to, you know, manage and retain your people. It, that's hard these days. Yeah. <laughs> and you know, it's um, you know, that's going to be about a lot of things, you know, mostly I've learned that, when you, when people come to work, you know, they come to work obviously for paycheck um, to live. And they also come to work if you have the right people to learn something new every day. Mm-hmm. And so I try my best to provide that. And, um, you know, I feel like if you teach somebody something new every single day, it gives them a reason to come back and to work again the next day. And, you know, I think that that's definitely one of the keys. Um, I'm also very direct. I, I actually go through a lot of staff to find the people that I, that I have. Um, because I don't waver on my standards and I don't waver on what I say because um, somebody is not capable or somebody doesn't want to do it that day. You know, uh, I, I always ride that same line every single day. So you say you and, go through you know, a lot of people. Are you saying you, you like hire slow, fire fast? Is that what I'm hearing? Um, I, you know, I try to disqualify fast in an interview, mm-hmm. um, and which I think is the first step. You know, hopefully you bring people in and they can handle it, you know, but I have very high standards. I expect, you know, like no matter how busy it is, the kitchen remains clean at all times. Mm-hmm. I expect that I don't care how busy it is, but every dish is made with perfection. And, and, you know, a lot of restaurants, that's not the case. It just isn't, you know, I mean, there's a lot of amazing restaurants in Los Angeles and elsewhere, but, you know, everybody's a product of their environment. So if I'm getting cooks that are coming from other places that allow bad habits and allow, you know, mediocrity, um, then I, I have to contend with that. So I have to say, is it worth it for me to try to break this person of these bad habits? Um, you know, is it somebody that wants to get better? And if it is, then I, I'm patient and I, I spend my time working with them. But, you know, it's, it's definitely one of the biggest challenges in the industry right now. And especially in California with, you know, the labor laws and with the, you know, the minimum wage increases um, everywhere. It, it just, all it does is it enables this attitude of entitlement. So what where are you, like I can I can make fifteen bucks an hour and not be the best yeah. person in the kitchen anymore. So it sounds like the, the challenge is uh, you know making sure you keep these right people to find the right people, and it's definitely one of the biggest challenges in the industry. But what are you doing to separate yourself from your competitors? Like how are you doing things differently to attract this talent and to, to attract the good people? And does it have anything to do with those standards that you just put so much emphasis on? Having those standards, not budging. I think I think one. You know I think. 
you know, when you find the right, the right, for me, when I find the right people is when I, uh, you know, I have the people that, that thrive on that structure and that, um, that leadership mm-hmm. and that's, you know, they thrive on long, on strong leadership mm-hmm. and or they thrive on it. Sorry. Um, you know, but it's, it takes a lot. And I think one of the things we have in our favor is that what we do is exciting oh, yeah. and, you know, we put your whole animals and we make our own butter and we make all our own pasta and we make cheese and, you know, we, we get fresh fish from a fisherman that a day or two off the boat and, you know, we cure our own anchovies and that, that is exciting to, to young cooks oh, yeah. to learn how to do all those things and to be a part of something like that. But I think more so <clears throat> what that our brand is exciting and, <laughs> excuse me. And, and so that is attractive to people because they want to be a part of something that is exciting and growing Absolutely. and, and something that is, you know, in, in the press a lot and, that, you know, I mean, union is busy every single night of the week. And so, uh, you know, cooks, the right cooks, the ones that, you know, really want to um, develop their skills and, and eventually become chefs, uh, thrive on that. Yeah. They want to be in a place that's like busy and exciting. So, I mean, They're when not- you opened Needing Co., like how many jobs, like w- were you sourcing primarily from within? Were, were those were those opportunities for growth for those who are working at union? Like how much of an impact do you think that has providing that opportunity is going to attract um, we, yeah, I mean, we, we moved some people over from union for sure. And, um, you know, that move was, was it lateral or move. up? Um, mostly lateral. Okay. Um, that was a tactical move, but I mean, at the, at the same time, they're going to move over and they already understand how we work. Yep. So they're naturally going to be in a lead position. Mm-hmm. Um, but you know, the, the idea is to spread the culture and, you know, we do have a culture and, and to bring people that already understand that into a new situation, then I've got all of these kind of, you know, advocates um, that are teaching other people how I think and what our philosophy is, you know, about hosp- regards to hospitality and, um, and, you know, and, and all those things. It, it's just, I don't have to go in there and, and try to do that and spread that word all myself. Yeah, you know? no, absolutely. That's really difficult to do. I mean, it was, you know, it, it took a while for us to really kind of come into our own when it comes to having a brand and having, you know, philosophy. Um, but now that we've gotten where, you know, things make sense for us, we're, we're really excited about, you know, where we're headed and, um, and about, you know, again, just building this team of just amazing people, which we have right now. We've got some really incredible people working with us. Awesome, Chef. And one thing that I was I was hoping to get out of you during this chat today is um, one thing that I noticed is a common area of failure is when people do open that second location and they go from putting all their love, passion, time, energy from one place to another place. And that's that say we'll call it restaurant A to restaurant B. And when you move to restaurant B, restaurant A starts to suffer and fall apart because you're not there. I mean, how how have you, you know, protected yourself from this happening? What do you think is the one thing you did that is allowing you to have success right now at both restaurants? Um, I think the one thing that I did was um, make myself um, to not be needed at, at Union. And how? Um, by um, by what I said earlier, which is developing people from mm-hmm. more of a mentorship role and, you know, spending time with them. It, it, you know, the difference between spending time and developing and teaching and coaching people and doing their job for them. And, you know, I don't, I, it's kind of like you have to let them suffer sometimes. Mm-hmm. 
to learn and you have to let people fall down and, and be able to pick themselves up. Absolutely. You know, I'm not going to go in there. It, it's kind of like if, if the staff is behind, I'm going to let them be behind. Yeah. As long as it doesn't affect the guests because you can't swoop in and be a savior. And then people are expecting that. And, and I used to do that a long time ago. I would just make it easy as a chef. I'd come in, I would do half of everybody's prep for them so they'd have an easy day. Yep. And then they'd be really like me and everything would go really well. And that's not the case at all. Yeah. But you also, <laughs> they, they, you become a crutch. Yeah. But you also put a lot of emphasis earlier. You mentioned it briefly that you're working on your systems and your processes. How much do you think that's helped having those solid systems and processes and the tools to be successful? <laughs> like how, how has that helped you? I mean, systems are really important to have in place in order to create consistency. Mm-hmm. And, um, you know, without kind of corporatizing things, you know, I use the systems and things that I learned in the corporate restaurant mm-hmm. in the world, um, it, you know, but without over-systemizing things, okay. you know, just in a way that... Um, Provides guidance? That, yeah, I mean, the way that, that it just kind of lets them see that it's not doesn't have to be so overwhelming. Okay. You know, and that, you know, instead of, um, instead of making pork ragu every single day of the week, which it's actually better after it sits for a couple of days, um, you know, you make it twice a week and it just, just like things like that, you know, but there's definitely, we have systems in place where, you know, for example, the cooks, they inventory all of the meat of loss every day. And then, then there's a prep sheet that the chef fills out and the cooks follow it. And that's it. It's just very simple. And then there's a line check that happens where they go down and they fill out a sheet and they taste everything and check quality and quantity and, um, you know, without that, those things in place, you, you have a free for all. Yeah. Yeah, awesome. Great stuff. So, Chef, what's one book that is a must-read for anybody getting in this industry, whether it's personal growth, business, or industry-related? You know, I think the one thing um, that I was forced to read that a long time ago that, that helped me the most is probably The Seven Habits of Highly Effective People. Uh. Um, because what that does is we're in a, we're in a business where it's very um, emotional and passionate and um, that book um, kind of makes it kind of makes things more um, or less, less emotional and more factual. Yeah. You know, which and, of those, and it's like when you sit back and you listen to what, the, what is being taught, it really makes a lot of sense. And I still use that to this day. So which one of these seven habits chef has really made the most of an impact with you? Um, I, you know, I think, um, the, the, the one in regards to, you know, being able to have a paradigm shift and being compassionate, you know, I, I say now, like I, I want old school, um, results with new school thinking and my new school thinking is more, you know, you can be very tough on standards, um, and tough on people even sometimes. Um, but you also have to be compassionate and you have to, um, be genuine and you have to, um, the understanding that without these people, you're nothing. Mm-hmm. And, and, you know, it's, I don't know. I mean, it, it's definitely, it's, it's been a, a, a long road for me to learn this yeah. again, coming from, coming from the, the mentality of do it this way or get out. Mm-hmm. Um, you get one shot. Um, I, I'm more patient with people that I think will become great people or great chefs. And, so, I mean, I, I think that that's definitely helped me uh, a lot. Yeah, it's an know, incredible to, to understand. And I've been wrong a lot, and I've made a lot of mistakes with it. <laughs> and and it's bit me in the butt a lot, but, you know, um, it's it's biting me less. 
and it, it's becoming effective more often. Yeah, I, w- I would absolutely agree that that book is a must read. It's uh, Seven Habits of Highly Effective People, uh, Stephen R. Covey, and it's on audio too. So if you don't have an Audible account, you can get this book for free. Just head over to audibletrial.com slash unstoppable. You get a free book and it is absolutely hands down one of those must reads for any professional, in my opinion. Uh, thank you for recommending that. Uh, this is episode 231. So just head over to restaurantunstoppable.com slash 231. You'll find all the links right there waiting for you. Almost done, chef. A few more questions. Uh, what's one recommended te- like technology or tool uh, that you're using in your new restaurants that really has you excited? That's really helped, you know, accelerate your processes, systems, procedures, help you become more profitable and so on. <laughs> we've, um, we've recently, uh, took on working with chef tech, Ooh. um, which is a really great product management program. It does a lot. I mean, it just does so much and it's pretty simple to use once you set it up. It takes a while to get all of your data entered. So is it for like um, inventory and tracking product and what it, it does. It basically, everything feeds off of the, the ingredients and, you know, your inventory and those prices that you plug in. Um, and, you know, it feeds into the recipe, the recipes you create, um, which, you know, helps you get accurate costs. Um, you can create invoices through there for catering jobs. So you have, you know, an accurate cost on, you know, instead of kind of saying, yeah, this is, you know, $20 a person, you can get a really good accurate rate on, on what your cost is on that catering job. And how has that um, affected the bottom line with everything? Oh, I mean, it's, it's, it's a huge, it made a huge impact Awesome. because it helps you become more efficient. You know, it's, it's like, um, you know, having that information in front of you is 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 really the the tools that you need. You know, in a lot of cases I've been in, where you know you're kind of flying blind and and you're kind of guesstimating certain things, and that's not really the way to go. Um, and and so you know you can um, when your invoices come in, you you sit down and you plug in your invoices, you know, line by line, which doesn't take very long if you do it every day, and it updates your inventory. Uh, numbers that it, it gives you a constant read on, you know, your, um, your recipe costs and your plate costs. It also generates reports that shows you, you know, you bought this, you know, you bought these onions from this person and then bought it from that person. And this is the price difference, hmm. or it shows you, you know, it'll give you alerts when prices go up and down and, you know, things like that. It does so much more that we haven't even tapped yet. Awesome. Chef, uh, this has been an awesome interview. You're giving us amazing advice today. Uh, I mean, if you could just go back in time and give yourself one piece of business advice uh, that you think would just help you maybe accelerate the process to get to where you are today, what would that piece of advice be? Um, make it, you know, be humble and, and, and make it about your people, not about yourself. Because mm. um, I, I did that, you know, when I first kind of came on the restaurant scene as a chef and you know, you, you make it about yourself and you alienate people. You alienate not only your staff, but other people in the industry. And um, it's, it's just not a good way to, to build a, a strong, sustainable brand. Awesome. And what's one question I could have asked you that you believe would have added more value to this interview? Um, my thoughts on uh, having a quality of life. All right. What are your thoughts on having a quality of life? um you know it's i i come from world again the old school where i had i had a job as an executive chef at a restaurant where 
my expected schedule was six days a week, 16 to 18 hours a day. Mm -hmm. And I don't see how you can possibly expect people to work a schedule like that and be effective. Mm -hmm. And, and so, you know, the thing that I always tell my chefs, and, and I don't, I don't micromanage them on their schedule. I just tell them, you know, obviously numbers need to be in line. The food needs to be amazing. Everybody needs to be happy. Yep. If you can do that and work, you know, five, eight hour shifts a week, then do it. I'm totally fine with it. Awesome. Um, you know, and if not, because then there's times where they have to work six days a week and they have to work long days. Yep. You know, I, I don't think that in order to be a great chef that you have to work a ton of hours, you know, and, and you have to solely dedicate your life, your entire life to being in the kitchen and grinding it every day. Mm-hmm. I just don't, I don't believe in that philosophy. I've done it. It's not healthy. It's not sustainable. And, you know, you mean yeah, in, this um, is an industry of making people happy and and just about the people. And if you're overworked, you're exhausted, fatigued. It's really hard to show up every day and do that. And exactly, you you have no, to. Healthy. You can't exactly. take care of other people if you're not taking care of yourself. Um, yeah, I mean, I, I at my chefs, I'm like, you work, you give me five, twelve hour days. That's all I ask, and that's not that's not a lot to ask. Yep. I don't think, especially in this industry. Um, you know, and like right now at need, like the chef team has to work uh, every other, like we're doing like every other week where they have to work six days, you know, as we're growing and we're, we're building things, you know, but, um, you know, getting to, you know, fast forward to where union is at right now after being open for two years, you know, more often than not, the chefs work five, 12 hour days. And then, you know, we also do a lot of events and fast food, wine festivals and things like that. So, you know, there's some extra things that go on too, but. Um, you know, I, I don't feel like if they, you know, if they don't have a balance in life and they're not rested, that they are not going to give me, be able to give me a hundred percent for those 12 hours. Chef, I couldn't agree more. You've been awesome. This interview. Thank you so much for joining me. We're going to wrap it up. We wrap up every episode by calling somebody out. Who is a restaurant professional, somebody you admire in this industry that you think would be a great guest mentor on the show like you've been for us today? Um, I have two. <laughs> I have a, a few actually, but you know, it on us, man. I, I would say, I would say one of the guys that's kind of like, you know, trailblazing and really doing it right is David Lefebvre, um, who owns NB Post and Arthur J and Fishing with Dynamite. Um, you know, I respect the hell out of that guy because you go to his restaurants and they're always just fantastic. Mm-hmm. They're always great. And, and he's a great, it is, he's, he's fun to hang out with and, and he's a super nice guy. And, um, just a damn good cook. Awesome. Uh, who else were you? You said you had a few. Yeah, I mean, I've got a few. You know, I <laughs> it, it's him. You know, it's Michael Simarusi, um, who I I genuinely admire and love. I mean, he's, he's a great man, and and you know, I know him fairly well. And he comes to Union, and um, and then you know, the the one person I think that sticks out the most to me is, and I actually just saw him in New York and was talking about this to Tom Colicchio. Because with him especially, um, he's he's helped me really think the way a lot the way that I do. Because you know, if you go to his restaurants and he has quite a few of them, um, they're always incredible. Absolutely. And he, how often is he at anyone? You know what I mean? I'm sure he's at his restaurants quite a bit, but he can't be in all those places at the same time. And a lot of other people fail at that, you know, they, they don't, you know, some of the restaurants are great, some of them are not, or they're great when they're there, but not as good when they're not. And, you know, he managed to, manages to maintain the integrity of the, of the food 
um, without it also seeming like this big corporate monster. Um, meanwhile, you know, he's doing TV and he, yeah. he has all of the, the charitable causes that he, he is an advocate for. And, you know, all of the, uh, he's, he's heavily involved in, you know, um, some just amazing causes and that are super important to this industry right now. And, in our country really yeah he and, is incredible and he he is absolutely on my radar and i've been in contact with his people he's just got so much going on uh i would love to get oh, him on yeah. the show someday it's definitely gonna be one of those he's, things i persist on uh, and, and and you know what through all of it too he's just a great guy you you can't be great in this industry without being a great person is one thing I've just come to terms with. And I'm sure Mike and David are also great dudes. Yeah, they're I'm, fantastic I'm coming after you guys. Look out if you listen to this episode. I'd love to have you on the show. Chef, just let everybody at, know, at home know how we can connect with you if we want to maybe come join your team or pick up the conversation or uh, anything. Like, How can we connect? How do you connect with me? Yeah. Um, you just, uh, I mean, all my social media, I'm at uh, Chef B. Kalman on Instagram and Twitter and then on Facebook, um, which is my name, Bruce Galman. Um, and you know, come check out one of the restaurants. Awesome. Again, this is episode 229. So head over to restaurantstoppable.com slash 229 to find the links, to all the recommended tools and uh, the books we recommended in a recap of today's discussion. All right there. Chef Kalman, again, thank you so much for taking the time out of your busy day to, to join me as a guest mentor. You've had incredible advice for us. Uh, there's no questioning. You are unstoppable. Thank you. Thank you. Cheers. There's another episode wrapped up here at Restaurant Unstoppable. I hope you guys enjoyed it. So a couple of things before I let you go. I'm now offering free one-on-one 15-minute chats. If you want to get inspired, if you need to get just a little motivation, or if you have some questions about some of the things we talked about on the show, you can now chat with me for free 15 minutes. Head over to Restaurant Unstoppable to find the links. Don't forget that we have a complete list of all the books and resources our past guests have recommended. These are the books they read, the resources and tools they're using in their restaurant, the tools that are helping them be successful. A whole list archived right there at restaurantunstoppable.com. Don't forget to use my links if you really want to give back to the show. If you want to show your appreciation for all these episodes I'm putting out, the best way to support the show is to simply use my links when you discover something new that can help you in your restaurant. Thank you in advance. Also, keep those five-star reviews on iTunes and Stitcher Radio coming. And I can't finish without reminding you to keep those emails coming. I love your emails. They fire me up. They keep me going. Tell me who you want to hear from. Tell me what you love about the show. Tell me anything. I'm here for you. Just shoot me an email, eric at restaurantunstoppable.com. All right, that's all we have for today. I hope you're enjoying this journey as much as I am. Thanks again for joining me. Until next time, peace 